The Dadcast, episode 14, The Big Ranting Canuck. Nearly live from the Wendy House studios of Valois Bay, it's the Two Fat Dads Dadcast, brought to you this week in part by Audible. Get a free book today by signing up to an Audible Gold Plan through the Two Fat Dads website. Go to twofatdads.com forward slash Audible for more details. So guys, I'm uh, joining the studio this week with Eric and uh, and Ben. How are you guys today? Not bad, yourself. Very good. We're uh, we're missing uh, uh, Steve and and Steph. Um, uh, so the the double S's. Uh, Steph has a conference call he's got to finish up, which is a bit of a shame. And Steve is going to call in later on his way back from the home show. I believe he's gone to the Montreal home show, and he's going to pick up tips on how Eric can finish his basement quicker. Uh, <laughs> I think we all know how it could get finished quicker. What he needs to go to is one of those get rich quick shows and figure out how he can get the money to finish it quicker. Yeah, there's an idea. Oh dear. You need uh you need to do what most of the rest of the world is doing right now and refinance the mortgage. Oh, oh dear. Anyway, so enough about that. And that's pretty much uh brings up why uh we have a sponsor now <laughs> at the top of the show. Uh, I'm really glad that uh, that we're able to 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 get Audible on board. It sounds it's pretty cool. It's a it's a good deal. We've been Audible listeners for a long time, um, uh, most of us at least, and uh, and and it's great to have them uh, have them sponsoring the show. So if you if you like what you hear and and you're you're uh, you're been considering Audible for a while, go to two fat dads forward slash uh, two fat dads dot com forward slash Audible. Have a look at the deal. There's there's a couple of great deals there. The one of them is basically you get a uh, a gold book, a gold plan. You get a book a month. You get the first free book, and you get I think it's uh, half price for the first few months um, to, to, on 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 the uh, on the price of membership. Besides that, you also get a thirty percent off all the other books you get, and you get access to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and you can read those nicely on and listen to those nicely on your iPad. So that's pretty cool. So let's get straight into the show. Um, we're, we're doing it this uh, this show on uh, March 24th, and uh, there's a big event here uh, in Montreal uh, tomorrow, Thursday, March 25th, and also uh, pretty much around the world called the Twestival. Uh, it's a tweet festival uh, or a Twitter festival, and it's in benefit of basically educational charities uh, um, across the planet and, and in Montreal as well. Um, it's been organized by a couple of uh, of, uh, of chief tweeters here in in Montreal. A guy by the name of uh, Pierre Luc Petitclerc, uh, I believe. Laurent Lassalle is involved, and and Jeff Zubé. So these are guys you'll find at Jeff Zubé, um, at Laurent Lassalle, and at P. Luke. And and there's a whole bunch of other Twitter names I'm probably forgetting as well. So I apologize for you guys. Uh, but they've done some pretty cool stuff, and they've roped in uh, Montreal uh, local talent from uh, Moist Fame, David Usher. He's going to be doing a, a live acoustic set there, and they've got a few other names as well. It's, I think tickets are about $12 uh, to get in, and it's it's going to be a pretty rocking show. So if you're in Montreal and you manage to down, download this, this podcast <laughs> tomorrow, then... Uh, then go go to go there and uh, and and hopefully I'm going to try and be there. Um, I have a funny enough a parent teacher meeting just beforehand, but uh, if I can get out in time, I will I will see you all guys there. Just look way up and you should be able to find me. So that's <laughs> it. Should be an it could be an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. If, if you've ever been to Bay Matsu, you're not looking way up. You're probably looking way down. Are those are those old yeah. public baths? 
Yep. Yeah, you're actually in a pool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, going to be even more rocking. Until they start to fill it. And then it, then it gets really scary. I will be sporting my uh, my camera again finally. Right. Um, you might yeah, have. Uh, I got that fixed, eh? Yeah. Thank God. All right. <laughs> you might have uh, tuned into to Dadcast uh, thirteen, unlucky for some, and and followed the uh, the blog the last couple of days. Yeah, you'd realize that I'm I'm a complete klutz and uh, and an idiot, and I dropped my camera twice. Uh, so that uh, that's not great. Uh, but anyway, so I I took the camera in to get repaired. Uh, well, I took the lens in first to get repaired at Photoco and, and here in, in Point Claire, and they did a fantastic job. I just can't commend these guys enough. And I think one of the coolest parts was when they, they wouldn't let me leave until I bought a brand new filter for the camera. So, <laughs> which is good because the first one acted like a shock absorber. So why would I deny them the pleasure of, of, of busting through another one? No, it's, so, it's perfect marketing. It's great. Oh, well, it's perfect marketing. And, and you know, those filters actually do a, a pretty good job of protecting a four or five hundred dollar lens. So yeah, but what what kind of a filter was it? It's just a UV filter. It's just a, a nice piece of glass. It's supposed to protect the lifelong uh, the the life of the of the glass and the lens and and the, you know protect a little bit your CMOS when you're pointing towards sun and stuff like that. But uh, what it usually ends up doing is that it'll take all the crap from uh, from you moving your camera around. Uh, it'll it'll absorb scratches better than the actual expensive glass that is behind. So it just acts like as a buffer. Yeah, but you um, were lucky on that one. I was incredibly lucky. I dropped it straight. Straight onto the front of the camera, straight onto that, and and the the impact of the of the metal and the lens and and the wood floor just exploded and shattered the ring completely, uh, and all the glass in the UV filter took took all the the, the impact damage, and that's what shattered. And when the guys, uh, the guys at at, uh, at Pentax fixed the cat, fixed the lens, they they cleaned it out and they had it, they serviced it. They did a really good job, and it came back. And I swear to God, it looked like a brand new lens. Yeah. I was actually really really lucky. I wasn't so lucky the second time I dropped the camera. <laughs> no, that that's just being a klutz. I had uh, I was I was I was in the office and I was talking to Ben and I and I foolishly put my my bag on a filing cabinet precariously didn't think about it too much reached over to do something the bag fell and all i heard was clang and i'm like oh great so i looked at the lenses immediately first impact look at all the lenses again because i just happened to the other lens and it wasn't a lens for once and i didn't realize that something had broken until uh, that sunday when i was at the at the park with it with the kids and i pulled out the camera and i wanted to check my uh, my uh, my isos and all that and all my settings on the top of the camera and the small lcd screen that's on the top of the camera so anybody's ever had an slr like uh, or a canon rebel one of these kind of cameras will know that on the top on the top of these cameras there's like a little little old fashioned digital watch screen and these things uh, tell you all your settings in the bright sunlight because the lcd screen and bright sunlight is useless can't see, yeah. and all also, when you're looking through the viewfinder, the little green light is not very good either. So it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good screen. And you know, so a couple of people told me just put a bit of black tape on it and get over it. You know, <laughs> but you can't do that because you're always no. checking back and forth. And well, if you're a smart photographer, that's what you're going to be doing. Well, yeah, you, you should, know, it's, yeah. it's only a point and shoot people who just you know look. Okay, yeah, it looks good. Smile, click. That's that's not the way it works. So yeah, so I'm I'm never I'm not one to sit around with my camera in auto very often. I'm always have it in some kind of like. Either aperture value or, or sensitivity value of the TV or the AV. I'm flicking between the two. I'm working the shutter speed. I'm working the, I'm working the aperture opening. I want to get some, so what they call the depth of field when the, the person's in focus and everything in the background's all blurry. You know, it's a cool little feature. So I like to do that and I try to do that as much as possible and, and on, on some different types of shots and whatnot. And that you have to do it. You can't do that in automatic. You have to do it in, and that although I will point out, that Eric, who shoots with a point and uh, point and shoot, did take a remarkable uh, depth of field 
shot with with his camera. Oh, really? Um, was like last last winter, Eric. Uh, I think it was last winter. It's on Flickr. It's on what Flickr. Did, so we should point to that. What did you that. shoot? Uh, we were just at the park playing with the kids. Oh, it must have been before last winter because that was before Thomas was born. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think Denise was was uh, was pregnant with the twins either. So yeah, it could have been maybe two years ago. It's definitely on Twitter, and I think we mentioned it in our in our uh, you need an SLR to take good pictures article that we yeah. have on on the Two Fat Dads site as well. So if you do go to twofatdads.com and you do a search for. Uh, Either point and shoot or SLR, you should find that that article where we show you um, some pictures and and the, the Eric's pictures in that shot actually I believe uh, in that article. So, um, but yeah, so I mean it's hard to do though, Eric, isn't it? Like on well, that you, thing, you got to know because you're not looking for aperture or, or f stop or something on a point and shoot camera, right? You're looking for I don't know a little icon of of a flower with a fuzzy background or something, you know. <laughs> the macro, the macro button, yeah. So yeah, it is. No, it's 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 uh it's 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 harder. But so you know, like that, one of the reasons why. So and obviously you can if you hit the info button on on these bigger cameras, it'll tell you everything that your screen's doing. But the minute you start playing with a jog dial to to set your settings, this like, little wheel at the top, and you change your settings, it turns off the LCD screen. So you have to like click once, turn on the screen, click once, turn on the screen, click one. It's not practical. You know, you go insane really quickly. So, <laughs> so I bit the bullet and, uh, and, uh, I, well, I, before I bit the bullet, I went on, I went on, uh, on Twitter and I was on Flickr and I would Flickr, the Pentax forums on Flickr and I was asking everybody, what do I do? I'm an idiot. I, I dropped my camera. And, and funny enough, uh, a Pentax customer service agent reached out to me and said, you need to email these guys with pictures of your camera, tell them what you did and they will send you a quote. So I did that, and uh, and sure enough, like almost the next day, and it probably would have been sooner if I checked my uh, if I checked my junk folder in my Gmail, but I didn't, you know. They sent an email from CS, C, uh, CSR4 at Pentax. It's going to go straight to your junk mail, which is a bit of a shame. Gmail, you need to work on that. So I, I replied to these guys, sent them pictures, and they sent me back a preliminary quote. It's going to cost about one hundred and seventy dollars. Mm. And I said, "Oh, geez, 170 bucks." And it's like it's like a 700, you know, 800 dollar camera. So I, I, you know. I had to do it. So I, I sent it in. Monday morning, I sent it through uh, Pure Later. Um, sent it straight over to, to Mississauga um, and, and put in there uh, the pictures of the thing, prepared a little document and said, I use this for work. Which which is which is mostly true. I mean, I, as a web developer, I do need to take pictures very often. But also, as a father of four, I take pictures every single day. So you know, I need this for work. Can you please rush this? So uh, sure enough, a couple days later, uh, I get a phone call um, and saying, "Okay, we have your quote. Final quote is one hundred and ninety-two dollars. So it wasn't too far off of the original one seventy they had quoted before. We've marked rush on it. Uh, we sh- we'll call you on Monday." To get your credit card, and then we'll start work. So on Monday morning, I I, I, send, I give my credit card details. They authorize the work immediately, and then uh, Tuesday morning they send it out, and I got it this morning, Wednesday morning. So cool. not only did and and on the packing slip it said uh, rush use for work, and then I had some more notes, and then said please rush. Uh, this camera is used for work. So they everywhere every step every CSR who touched this. First saw the first note and bumped it, you know, bumped it saying, okay, you know, this guy uses it for work, send it out, make sure it gets done quickly and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool to begin with. And they did such a great job just cleaning it, uh, making it look nice. They cleaned the sensor for me. Uh, they, they, they serviced the parts. They checked all the weather seals. Uh, the list of work they did is actually fantastic. So sure enough, 
it cost me close to two hundred, uh, you know, two big bills, and 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 the, the total amount of my of my idiotic uh, idioticy with these cameras cost me three hundred large. But um, <laughs> have we learned something now? <laughs> we, we, well, we learned a few things, you know. That there's yeah, a reason why there's a next strap. To talk to Ben on your way into the office. <laughs> There's on the way out, actually. On the way, on the way out, actually. But there's a reason why they invented neck straps, uh, for one, and, yeah. and cases to put them in. Um, but also... But mind you, in your defense, it wasn't a pack. Yeah. You know, it wasn't your, in your photographer bag. And yeah. that's the unfortunate part, is that the whole thing, because it's heavy, yeah. that's why it fell. Well, And, I've, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start taking lenses out of that thing, too, because it's just like, you know, I realize that I, I, I rely on two lenses, my, my, my 75-300 and my 18-55. And the other ones, I have them because it's like bragging rights. Oh, do you want to? I have an 18-35. Oh, look, I have a 50-millimeter prime. Oh, I have this. I never use them. So <laughs> I, I use them. If I'm setting up a shot and I set up a shot, like proper shots, very rarely, like, you know, when I'm doing, when I'm actually doing product shots or when I'm actually, you know, doing some other type of shot. So it's very rare that I'm going to, I'm going to spend all that time setting up a shot, a shot. So I really don't need to carry those, all those lenses all the time. Anyways, it would probably weigh the camera down if I didn't have the, the extra battery pack on it all the time too. But I like yeah. the feel of that extra battery pack. So yeah, well, you know, like you just said, take out the lenses yeah. you don't need and that's it. Yeah. So it should be okay. But, yep. but I, I, I had, and I, and I, and I blogged about this today. And, and if you have a chance, go to, go to twofatdads.com and read the and read the article because it's just so many elements of of the service i got with with pentax it was just so amazing these guys were so good and it made me realize that there are companies out there who still do customer service properly yeah and a couple and they need to be highlighted and they need to be shown to other people and 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 told about it. Like Canon can take a lesson from this, and and I have to uh, thank a guy called Merlin Mann for pointing this one out in uh, in one of his recent talks. He was saying that um, to get a manual for a Canon camera, you first have to tell them which continent you're on. Then you have to tell them uh, whether you're you're using for home or for business usage, and then you have to tell them like you know they ask you like six questions before you get to the manual support, and all you really want is to find a Canon 5D Mark II manual, and if you put that into Google, it should automatically give you the PDF right from the Canon site. No, it should it doesn't, and it's a big fail, and that's these are these are little little things that because one or two people either in marketing or in the metrics department or something want to know more information about who's coming to their site make the user experience suck so in the same case as like in customer service sometimes we want to cut a corner we want to save some costs the customer ends up paying for it with appalling service and if he if he bothers to complain or if he bothers to push it further sure enough somebody up the chain the food chain might be able to help them but usually it's too little too late and and there are some companies out there who do a good job at customer service and they need to be highlighted every single time that we run into them. As much as we bash the bad customer service on our site and through the dadcast, there are good companies out there. Several, but I mean, in this case, it's a specialized company. You know, it's, it's an aftermarket, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's an OEM who went directly because your camera was, was broken, was busted. So you had to go to the source. But I mean, too many companies out there are really, like you say, they're, they're just the metric guys are running the show, and that's where it ends. Whereas you, in the Pentax field, it's a smaller company. They've got a lot of competition from Nikon and Canon. They're going to need you know, to, to, to muster everything that they have to satisfy the customer. 
because he's going to come back because he's going to he's going to say things on take for example this podcast uh, which just you know picture them in a very favorable light. But they, so, but, hey, I mean, they, but they could take the easy route out, right? They have they have these great cameras, sure enough, and they they work like every other ones. You don't see Olympus making a, making a big fuss or making big stuff like that. But one of the things going for Pentax is the fact that it'll it'll run any of the 2.5 million different lenses ever made with the K-mount bracket on it. So yeah. so they can just easily say, oh, well, you have a Pentax, you have to deal through us and live with it. You know, they could take, they could very easily have taken the easy way out because, you know, you, you're kind of stuck. Whereas, right. you know, the Canon Nikon, Nikon guys are always trying to eat away like four or five percentage points out of each other. So they're always fighting and or trying to, you know, find out more about it and all that. And then, you know, they come out with 5D insane cameras like the 5D Mark II anyways. So yeah. and that gets insane press. Whereas right. when you look at the K7, which is a com- camera that's incredibly comparable to the 5D Mark II, a lot less expensive <laughs> and runs any lens you possibly want to put on it. So if you have a if you have a very specialized 1.4, uh, 18 or 14 millimeter lens from from back in the 70s, all manual, and you like the way it works, no problem. Well, Slap it on and take some it. pictures. Yep. I have a 400 millimeter. I used to take pictures of the moon with. Uh, it's it's a 35 That's year a great old lens. Shot by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It, it was and I was I was lucky. I was playing around with different settings and I was trying all kinds of different stuff and and I took I took but it was it's a it's a lens that that would have just sat in someone's cupboard had had it not been for the fact that it's a Pentax. So so I I'm I'm actually really you know happy that everything turned out more or less okay. Sure it means that I got to wait a little bit longer to get my MacBook Pro. But <laughs> but that should uh <laughs> That that might resolve itself sooner than I thought. Anyways, you're not gonna wait. I saw I saw I saw a letter or an email from from Steve Jobs or a user saying that we have we we basically it was almost Yoda like in the way he talked to it. We need not worry. Things are gonna be okay. We're gonna get our MacBook Pros soon enough. So Steve Jobs. Well, he, he, he's emailed three or four people this week. Um, uh, one 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 person to tell him that yes, he will be able to move his Google Docs to his iPad. Uh, one person to tell them that yes, in fact, uh, there is um, going to be um, support for what was it? Another support issue on the iPad, and one of them directly to tell to address them that yes, don't worry about it. The, the MacBook Pros are coming. We are refreshing the list. We're still a computer company. Yeah, but sent to whom? To to guys, people who emailed sjobs at apple dot com, like Joe Blow on the street. Yeah, really, like you and me. You and me would, would have have an issue. The guy says, you know what? I've switched like four or five people. The guy who, who resembles me to certain regards. He's, he's switched over like 12 people over to, to Apple. Okay. Uh, he's bought an Apple a while ago and he wants to get a brand new, a brand new MacBook. And, uh, and then uh, he emails and says, don't worry. We're going to send seven. They're, they're, they're really, really, really short emails. It's like sometimes not even a sentence, right. like three or four words. And that's it. But at least he's replying not to media people. Not to journalists, but to guys who just purely ask questions. Hmm. And he's he's had the habit of doing this a few times. And it's kind of like, it blows my mind every time he does it. Because I can't imagine Steve Ballmer telling some somebody that Windows 7 isn't going to suck as much as Windows XP. Oh my god, he wouldn't be bothered. And I can't see Linus Torvald telling a user that if he just sues something, 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 he'll get the result he needs either. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Linus has got a a blog. He's got a blog, but do you think he answers email? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he does or not. I'm just. Uh, well, I mean, he, he's got to, right? Like the kernel is uh, a group 
effort. So, yeah, but oh, okay, because he's he's answering right. developers. But is he gonna is is the is the is he gonna answer an email saying for some Ubuntu guy or some Ubuntu user who says, "How come my webcam doesn't work?" Like he's not gonna answer those questions. He's not he's he's not oh. Linux tech support. And I don't think I don't think no. he ever wants to do it no. either. That like that either. So, but. Uh, but I, I, you know what? Good on him. Good on Steve for for doing for doing stuff like that. And he he, it's little stupid things like that 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 keep him in the press. For one, uh, keeps giving him the attention he I find deserves. But also, it it proves to everybody that is it is a different type of computer company. You know, they are doing something differently than everybody else. Yeah, for sure. As much as there's a lot of people out there who call us fanboys and apologists, they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm an apologist but i'm a happy one now uh, <laughs> no you're not happy yet you don't have oh, the uh, soon enough you don't have the new shiny enough, i'll have shiny new in my house uh, oh, yeah. i'm hoping well he's you know usually usually he's if he answers three emails like that it's because he's he's got to be doing something soon yeah so that's basically you know, like my Pentax story, I'm quite happy with it, and uh, and I'm I'm I, you know I'm I'm quite happy. I'll be able to take some pictures. Hopefully, I'll be there at the Twestival tomorrow to take some cool pictures of that too, um, and we'll we'll see how it goes from there. So, there's one thing I am a little bit annoyed about in as regards to pictures a little bit, and it's going to sound like it's the it's the it's the it's the Johnny Canuck Ranch show tonight, but um, oh, go ahead, let yourself lose. <laughs> we love to hear you rant. <laughs> So I was on. I was on. Uh, I, I've been. I've been poking fun at Lavar Burton because he's up in Montreal doing something. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I'm sure if you poking fun at Jordy. Yeah, I am. I am. It's not fun to make fun. It's Shit. not nice to make fun of a blind guy. I know. But <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> So I spoke a little bit fun because he came up here and he says it's the second day of spring. How come the weather's so cra- it's snowing in Montreal? So I automatically, you know, re- re- replied, tweeted to him saying, "Hey, dude." This is Canada, the Great White North. You yeah. know, basically, this is what happens. And then, uh, and then this morning, I woke up and and in my penance, there's an inch of snow on my car. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I'm scraping, as I'm scraping the snow off the car, I'm like, you know, Lavar needs to see this. So I take a picture and I send it uh, to 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 Twitter uh, via uh, Uber Twitter, which is my BlackBerry client, and it uses Tweet Photo. Um, to do it. So fair enough. I do tweet photo and then I get to work and I'm, and I, and I log in to, uh, to tweet photo to find out if LeVar commented on my picture. And sadly enough, he didn't. So I'm a little bit disappointed. LeVar Burton. But anyways, that's, that's not what I'm ranting about. So LeVar Burton, Steve Jobs, you're still leaning towards Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. Pretty much. Although, although LeVar is cool. Just, just doesn't understand Canada. Uh, (laughs) Does Steve Jobs understand Canada? Oh, I think I don't know. I don't want to get into that. I don't, you know what? Let, let just let him come out with some MacBooks. Uh, <laughs> so, funny enough, uh, I, I I go into it, and, I, and all of a sudden, I look into my my follow my following count. These are the people I have chosen to monitor on Twitter. These are people oh. I choose to look to and to find out what's going on, uh, to stalk them in my own personal way, whatever you want to call it. So these are people I'm following, and it's jumped from ninety nine to a hundred. Now, anybody who knows me, I keep keep a pretty tight control about who I'm following because I don't need another Robert Scoldbull in my life. Um, and I notice there's a new follower. So I'm like, who the hell am I following? I didn't fo- decide to follow anybody. So I look into it. And funny enough, it's Tweet Photo. Mm-hmm. And Tweet Photo has decided to add me, to, ha- to have me add myself directly into 
the, the following list. So I'm suddenly following tweet photo and I never asked to. So I, I get a little bit antsy pantsy and, and crappy about it. And I, and I, and I say, you know, what the hell's going on? This is a bit of a douchebag move. And, and, uh, and sure enough, sorry, a bit. Okay. So it's a, it's a lot of a douchebag. Move. Yeah. And, and sure enough, they, they have the balls to reply. Well, oh, did they? That, that's what did they say? that they replied. Like, I mean, but the reply wasn't like, Dude, we're sorry we did this automatically for you. Their reply was, you can turn it off in the settings on the website. That sounds like a Steve Jobs kind of reply. Uh, no, it doesn't sound like a Steve Jobs reply. No, this, this is your basic douchebaggery in action. I was, I was really annoyed. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I let it blow uh, on the site that this is bloody annoying. And, uh, and, and, you know, yeah, they're douchebags. So I've, I've turned off. Uh, the tweet photo option. I'm now using Uber Twitter's own MyPick.me client. It's no longer, it's nowhere near as, sl- as slick. There's no commenting on it. You just see the picture. That's it. So at least you see a picture. You'll probably see it in Tweety and 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 Twitter, Twitterific and TweetDeck like everything else. But there won't be that site thing where it tells you how many stats you got and everything else. So that's well, not as important. At least you did the right thing. You you actually turned them off. I turned them and off. And say, you know what? I'm not going to follow you anymore. Yeah. And if everybody does that, then maybe you're going to wake up. Yeah, I unfollowed them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not using them anymore, and I'm a little bit annoyed. And I called them out for being douchebags. Yeah, so, absolutely. And they're going to get another rant in this in this podcast because that's what I do. And, <laughs> and and yeah, so you know, like, there's a couple things you don't do. You don't take liberties with somebody's settings, and you don't impose yourself on other people on a ser- especially on a service that that is known. For outing douchebags, you know, <laughs> if there's if if there's one service out there that 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 will call a spade a spade, it's definitely. And can you still use that expression in 2010, or is that really stupid? No, no, you can use it. Okay, I don't know. I always thought find it was pejorative to some degree. Ah. Um, it will call somebody an idiot for being an idiot, and that is Twitter. You know, there's no holes barred. There's no there's no filtering. There's no there's no apart from the follow and unfollow rule, right? So. Sure enough, you know, if somebody picks up and sat and sees, you know, and, and does a search for douchebag and, and tweet tweet photo, they'll find it. And they'll find my, my tweet and they'll know why. So I also put it on the on the on the stuff.twofatdads.com, which is another cool little thing um that we, we started doing, um, where basically all the links that we have from the show, we're just sticking them in there and, and we're doing, you know, little things like that. So you see some changes on Two Fat Dads as you go along and uh and, and uh, we hope you're gonna like it. Slowly uh, but let sure. Us know. Let us know if you don't, because we'll put it in the comments. Uh, you know, or email to us. Uh, you can email me directly. It's Johnny Canuck at twofatdaz.com. Uh, Berg, it's uh, Berg42 at twofatdaz.com. That's right. And Schulster at twofatdaz.com. So call us out for being idiots, and uh, and we'll make changes. We'll listen to you guys, because you guys are listening to us. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if it's warranted. Hi, is your husband available to come out and play tonight on Skype? Okay. Uh, y- yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to text him. He's not replying, so it must be important. Yeah, well, I'll hold on. I don't mind. I'm only doing a show. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're on live podcast and you put on hold. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nearly live. <laughs> From, From the, the Wendy House, House Studios. Studios. <laughs> <laughs> nice.